Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 19th, and today we will be reading from the forward to the first edition in the big book. This morning's readers are Katie, Esther, Rick, Deb W., in that order, please, and the share code for yesterday's meeting, which was presented on Wednesday, July 18th, the share code number is 2716-POUND. That's 2716-POUND. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Penny C. to read the 12 steps of recovery. Good morning, I'm Penny, a compulsive overeater. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our fears. Thank you, Penny. I will now call on Ken to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. 
two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups of or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the AA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain community at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much, Ken. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And good morning again. Welcome. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today we resume our study of the big work book. We're going to be in the forward to the first edition. The share code for yesterday's meeting is 2716 pound. Yesterday's meeting share code 2716 pound. We have four readers today. Katie, Esther, Rick, and Deb W. Welcome, Katie. Press star one to unmute.
Esther, please read. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Esther. I'm a compulsive overeater. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope that these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has advantages for all. So there we have it in the very first page, in the very first paragraph, in the very first sentence of our of um, the big book, the word recovered, and that's what the and that's the purpose of this book to tell us what we recover from, and that's from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I think that there's um, nothing more to be said. This is a the greatest message of hope um, for for us because we know that we can recover, and this book is going to teach us exactly how we do that. This is not a book that's going to teach us how to have on-again, off-again abstinence, but a book that's going to teach us how to recover from this hopeless state of mind and body that has overcome us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Kim. Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. So this book was published in 1939. What was the fate of alcoholics at that time? You know, no one knew what to do with them. You know, Dr. Silkworth at the time was working with them and would get them sober and they would go out from the hospital and they would get drunk again. So the only thing they knew how to do was to lock them up so they wouldn't hurt themselves and others. And here comes this book. This book is hope. You know, it says these men have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And what this book is supposed to do, it says right here, to show these other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And once again, this was the 30s. They didn't have conference phone calls like this. They didn't have the Internet. You couldn't say, hey, you know what, why don't you go to an AA meeting? You know, there, there was this hopelessness. But that's, that's why this book was so important. This book was, was, was what we talked about yesterday, a 12-step call. This book was supposed to be put in someone's hands and they could walk through the first 164 pages and have precise, clear-cut directions, and they could recover. So this, this is so incredibly exciting just to hear this. This was the beginning, the beginning of an incredible movement that would help thousands and hundreds in the beginning, then thousands, and now millions of people recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on what was read this morning? This is Sharon. This is, this Sharon, is please go ahead. Sharon, uh, please this, go yes. ahead first. Okay. This uh, this paragraph starts the book off, the first book, with a bang. The, the word seemingly is one of the uh, most exciting words in this in this whole book to me because it says to me that the way I looked at my addiction, I thought I was hopeless. But what it says is that it only seemed hopeless. It seemed hopeless because I didn't have a way out. Within myself, I didn't know how to get abstinent. I didn't know how to get clean. I didn't know how to get free. But the exciting thing is that this book will tell us 
precisely how others have recovered, and if I do the same thing that they did, I too can recover. And I found that that to be true because I have recovered from compulsive overeating. The other exciting thing about this paragraph, I find, is in is that very last sentence. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has advantages, has its advantages for all. So what we're going to receive by studying this book, by getting recovered, is a way of living that is not freakish, that's not outside the norm, but it's a way of living that puts us right into the thick of things. It puts us right into life. I grew up, uh, in my addiction, I felt like a freak. I felt like I was the only one. I felt like everyone else had gotten a manual for living, and I had missed out. But here I find that this book is going to give me a manual for living. It's a manual for living that not only is going to be helpful for me, but it'll be helpful for anyone. So this manual of living, I can take and I can practice in all the affairs of my life. I can put it into practice. I can use it in my parenting. I can, I can take it out and I can become a part of life once again. So this is exciting for me, and that's what I um, receive when I study this book and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Rita. Rita. Reva, please go ahead. Thank yes. you. Um, the last two sentences of the paragraph spoke to me. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. This is something that I had a very hard time coming to terms with, and until I did, I was not able to recover. The fact that um, this is really an illness, it's not something that it's just I'm having trouble like all the other Americans in the world. I have there's something wrong with my brain that switches off when I see sugar, when I see flour, um, when I put them into other substances, when I put them into my mouth. And I have to concede that in order to stay stay sober, stay abstinent. Um, And then the last sentence, we're sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. This sentence is why I could say that I am grateful now to be a compulsive eater. It took me a long time to be able to say that I'm grateful for this disease. But I have come so far, and I sometimes pity people who don't have this way of living because when life situations happen, like to piggyback on the person before me's share, um, I can now be a better mother. I can now be a better wife. I can now be a better teacher. I can now be a better um, person in the world. And all because I have this way of living. When I study the steps, I can implement things that maybe I knew in theory. I know it's not good to hold on to resentments. I know it's not good to have character defects. I know I should try to rid myself of them. I know I need to connect to God, to my higher power. But I just didn't seem to be able to do it. And now that I can do this, I can live such a useful and purposeful life, as the big book says. And I'm grateful to be able to do that. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Reva. Anyone else? Yes, this is Penny. Penny. This is Paul. Hi, I'm Penny, a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, looked at that sentence, many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. 
this was a bold new concept at the, in 1939 when this book was published because society and the medical community uh, included did not look at alcoholism and the alcoholic as a sick person, but rather uh, most of the time the alcoholic was condemned and, and even thrown into to jail because of it. And finally, the medical community recognized and, and published the idea that, yes, this alcoholism is a disease and, and is to be treated as such. My hope is that the disease of compulsive overeating will someday be considered by most the same because in my experience outside of Overeaters Anonymous, most people that I deal with on a daily basis are of the opinion that it's bad choices, it has nothing to do with disease, that all you got to do is push yourself away from the table, and and that, you know, the, the compulsive overeater lacks willpower. So uh, it's good. It was the, my very first meeting, the most wonderful word I heard was when a woman said, this disease of mine, and so with that I pass. Thank you, Penny. Anyone else? Did I hear Paula back there? Uh, there okay. I am. I will now come forward. This is Paula, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And I want you to look at that sentence. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. And it includes everyone, will help everyone. The alcoholic didn't even understand, but all those around him that loved him those that were in business with him, those that were friends with him, they didn't even understand. But I like the word they used. We think this account, an account is a, a register of facts. There it is. And that's the part that I, I think is so clear. They put the facts together. And did not they use the word precise, precisely how we have recovered. And yet again, to help. Is that not always it? to help, and here it includes everyone, to better understand the alcoholic. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm going to focus here on this sentence to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. I want to focus in on that word recovered. You see, we have an aim, a goal, an objective here. And that aim, goal, and objective is to be recovered. It's to be recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind. See, if you don't know where you're going, well, then any road will get you there, right? <laughs> but we have a specific aim, goal, and objective, and we can have that specific aim, goal, and object objective because the big book tells me so. The big book tells me that this is going to be an experience through these directions, through these action steps. The book is designed to bring about an experience for me, not an intellectual journey, and this is much more than mere elimination of one's binge foods, although you've got to get you got to accomplish that. you got to do that in order to embark on this spiritual journey. But the whole journey of these 12 steps, of these precise directions, takes me to step 12. 
having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. The whole point of joining OA and the whole point of moving all the way through the steps is contained in two words in that 12th step. And those two words are spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening, a personality change, a psychic change, a transformation. The steps are designed to do that, to cause a spiritual awakening, a profound personality change, a a change in the way I think, a change in the way I feel, a change in the way my attitudes and my thoughts. And to be able to do things and to feel things and to believe things, that which I could not do before on my unaided strengths and resources alone. Recovered. The obsession of the mind is expelled. The greater aspect of my disease is going to be driven out. It's expelled. Problem solved. Not merely a physical solution here. The program of recovery is spiritual. The program of recovery, being recovered, means I've been restored to sanity. I have soundness of mind. I am relieved of the obsession for that first bite. I am freed from the beast. I no longer have that voice whispering in my ear. This is not about glorification of self. This is about getting out of your own way so that God can revolutionize your life. With that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Yes, this is Amy. Amy, go ahead, and then Janice. Good morning. My name is Amy. I am a compulsive overeater. Well, in case you haven't noticed, based on what a few people have shared, and this paragraph, I also agree, starts out with a bang. Overeaters Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, and the 12th step therein is not another diet club. If you are looking for another diet club to just work on the physical aspect, this program is not for you. But if you can't stop eating and you can't stop stuffing the food in your mouth for insane reasons that make no sense, you know, we're talking about the state of mind here that Leah just addressed, the mental obsession. If you are insane and hopeless with the food, this program will show you, quote, unquote, precisely how to be recovered. And so much so, they are boldly saying that no further authentication will be necessary, that this book is all you will need. These 12 steps, this program of spiritual transformation of the mind is what will bring you to be recovered from the insanity of compulsive overeating. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Janice. Thank you, Ms. Leah. Thank you. My name is Janice. I am a compulsive overeater. I don't want to forget that this is the foreword as it appeared in the first printing of the first edition of this book way back in 1939. And how was that to come about? We, that beautiful first word, we, we of Alcoholics Anonymous, who are more than 100 men and women. Those 100 men and women were those who had recovered walking miracles, walking miracles that had not been seen before. People who had come out of alcoholism and were recovered. And they were the ones that were putting their experience down in this book for you and I here in 2012, here on this line, to read these same pages 
to get this same information from those who have recovered. It wasn't going to be a textbook by some experts sitting in some office somewhere putting together this book. It was those who had been in the trenches, just like you and I, who had been there seemingly hopeless in a state where they were desperate and had found a way out. And they were willing to put this together and share it with you and I, precisely what their experiences had been and what had happened to them. What a beautiful and loving thing that was because they saw the interest. They saw the the opportunity and the ability to take what had been given to them by the God of their understanding and share it with you and I. And here we are with that exact same textbook, reading that exact same thing in the words that they put together, their own experiences. What a wonderful thing we have in front of us today, a way out. Based on their experience, those who had been there, sharing it with me and you today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. We're going to move on now. I ask Rick to be the next reader, please. Good morning. My name is Rick. I'm a compulsive overreader. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not well carry on our occupations in such an event. We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an advocation. Well, right here we have the first description of the word anonymity. And they don't wrap that word in mystery. They just simply tell us that they're hoping for a big flood of inquiries from this book. They say it may result. They can't possibly put their names on this and answer every uh, question that comes about. They want to be helpful, but they have jobs to take care of. They have families to take care of. Their their work with the alcoholic is a part-time venture. It is not their means of employment. It is not the way they earn a living. They want to be helpful, but they will need to do it as they have time after they take care of their employment, their family, or things of that nature. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Kim. Kim, please go ahead. Good morning again, everyone. My name is Kim. I'm a compulsive overeater. And this is the true meaning of anonymity, you know, that they understood that they had this answer and that people were going to come flooding to them for that answer. And in order to be effective, they couldn't have it be that people were grabbing for individuals. They had to have it so that they, in order for them to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. And we saw yesterday the growth, the growth of 300,000 copies on the first circulation up to over a million by the second the second edition. So that's the purpose of anonymity. And unfortunately, I think sometimes we twist that in the rooms and we use that as a way to hide. We use it as a way to not... Um, get out there and, and say hi from our families and hi from other people. 
You know, and that's not the purpose of anonymity. You know, I had an experience last year where I was hurt and I was in a hospital, and nobody could have found it because where are they going to say, well, where's, do you have a Kim G at this hospital? You know, we're not supposed to hide from each other. My name is Kim Greg, and I am a compulsive overeater in this fellowship. But in order to be effective outside the fellowship, in the, in the public world, we need to remain anonymous. But to each other, we are fellows. We need to not be anonymous among ourselves and among our family in order to carry this message effectively. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else? Thank you. So we will move on now to Deb W., please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Deb. I'm a compulsive overeater from Michigan. When writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name, designating himself instead as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. Do you want me to read one more? Please go ahead. Okay. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination nor do we um, oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. Wow, I just love this because, um, you know, (laughs) right here, this last part, it talks about our singleness of purpose. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. So everybody is welcome. Everybody is included. Nobody should ever, ever, ever be excluded. Um, the fact that we are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone, that frees us up to focus on the solution. I love how it, you know, it just brings out by excluding the different faiths, the, you know, the different sects, the um, particular denominations, um, that's not the purpose, that's not the goal. We need to focus on the solution, and that's what we're doing here when we um, are focusing on these steps and these traditions. And uh, I just love that because then that transcends um, all boundaries. It it allows everybody to come on in and for everybody to feel comfortable that we're not going to, you know, jump on any bandwagon when it comes to a certain faith or anything. All is included. And I just think that is absolutely awesome. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deb. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? It's Deb. Janice. Deb, please, and then I believe I heard Janice. Deb, go ahead. Sure. My name's Deb. I am a compulsive overeater, uh, and I know it. Um, I just want to focus on this word, an honest desire to stop drinking. And the word I want to focus on is stop. Um, stop drinking, to cease, right, to, to not do it anymore to not do the things that we used to do. You know, this isn't, this isn't about controlling it. It's not about learning how to drink better or to eat better, right? Or to, it is about stopping, right? It's about really wanting to, desiring more than anything in the world to stop doing what I was doing. No matter what price needed to be paid, that was how desperately 
you know, I, how desperate I needed to be just to cease. Again, you know, I did lots of things in the past to try to control, to try to learn. And what they're telling me here is it is a requirement. I have to want to stop. I have to want to stop. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Janice, I believe. Thank you, Leah. This is Janice. I really was struck this morning once again by the, the, the principle of anonymity that they put into place here in this very first preface to the first edition where we identify ourselves as a compulsive overeater only, as an alcoholic member only. And the humility that was set up from the get-go that it will include all of us, that we'll all be working together, that there is no grand poobah, no big cheese, no head of this organization. We are an organization unlike any other, unlike any other, where member to member the solution is shared. And they're setting it up. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. We are not. There are no fees, no dues. You don't have to come in here with anything other than that heartfelt desire to stop, an honest desire to stop. And if you're like me and you're here this morning, and I can hear you out there listening, if you are here like me this morning looking for freedom that way out and you have a heartfelt desire, then you're in the right place. And that's what I felt when I came here, that I was in the right place. Because all the desire was, we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. You know, like we're reading in this meeting, our fifth tradition, our primary purpose is to carry this message to those who still suffer. That's our only desire, to carry this message. Those who had recovered, those first 100, wanted so much to carry this message, to share what had been given to them by this higher power, by working together one-on-one, and that's what we're doing here this morning, one-on-one, working together, sharing this message, explaining and teaching, reaching and teaching, I have written here in my book. What a wonderful thing, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Sharon. Sharon, please go ahead. I I want to uh, focus just briefly here on that word, honesty. Uh, that an honest desire to quit. Some of us come to to program. We're looking for a way out. We we want to end the pain. We want to uh, uh, lose the weight. We want to enter back into society again. But we don't really want to stop eating. We we want to keep. We want that food because we can't imagine a life without it. We can't imagine not having it the way we want it. So we want to be able to eat our food and get recovered at the same time. And that honest desire, um, uh, I find that that uh, as I have worked this program and worked the steps, that my honesty, that the deception, I deceive myself. I think I want it. I, I have... Uh, been working in the in recovery for for decades now, and uh, why do I have to take so long uh, before I ended up getting recovered? Is because I had to go through the layers 
of even deception within myself. I, I said I wanted to recover because I wanted to stop the pain, but I didn't want to surrender. I didn't want to give up. I didn't, so I had deception within myself. And so what I had to do in order to get recovered is I had to become honest. I had to admit, and that's what we're going to be learning as we go through the pages of this book, is to, how to get through those layers of self-deception so that we can become honest with ourselves, so that we can receive this recovery that's offered. And I pass. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, at the bottom of the page here, you know, we are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any particular fact faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. Now, you know, again, this forward to the first edition was penned in 1939. As been stated, the primary purpose of their group was to carry this message. They had an aim, they had a goal, and they had an objective, and that was to carry this message. That was their chief objective. But how do you do that? in a group setting how do you work together you know they had to save themselves from themselves you know and so these which would become later traditions we're speaking here about tradition 10 3 10 and 5 um these traditions were ironed out by those recovered people because they realized if there's no you there's no me these traditions were eventually hammered out through trial and error because they realized if they don't stand together in unity, they will die separately. They will die separately. United, they could stand. Divided, they would fail. They would fail. So what is later going to be uh, the birth of traditions, that we, as we see this here in this paragraph, these traditions, they're not rules. They're not regulations. They're not laws. These recovered men and women were willing to obey them, willing to obey them because they ought to and because they wanted to. They wanted to be obedient to these traditions because they realized how much they needed one another. Again, if there's no you, there's no me. So perhaps the secret of their power lies in the fact that these life-giving communications that we read here at the top of the page spring out of living experience, living experience of that group. And they are rooted in love. They're rooted in love. Love is the power. Love. You can't get away from it. It is love. It comes from love. It comes from dignity of one another. It comes from the respect of one another. It comes from an appreciation that together, together, we can achieve that primary purpose to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. With that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on that paragraph? I'd like to comment, Leah, if I can. Ro Rosanna, go ahead. Hi, I'm Rosanna, recovered compulsive overreader. Um, I love what's been shared. 
And, you know, it's so true. The, you know, this organization is not in the ordinary sense. And why is that, you know? Because it's the only organization that, you know, you come in as a boss and you work yourself up to servant. And, and why is that? Because recovered is a state of humility. It's not status. It's a state of humility. Being recovered is a state of humility. It's not a status. It's not a uh, title that can't be achieved. And I learned that through these steps. You know, today, thank you, God, I'm recovered. I am humble. I am his trusted servant. And that's, and that's the state that we all can work together in. And we can all achieve. And it's there for every one of us, you know. But I was taught, and that this organization is not an organization in the ordinary sense where you work yourself up to a boss. You know, we usually come in here thinking we know it all. I know I did. I speak to myself. You know, I knew it all, and I wanted everybody to do what I told them to do. You know, and I learned that I knew nothing. And that being a servant was the, the most peaceful and grateful state I could be in. And with that, I pass. Thanks. This is Connie Yetta. May I share? Please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Leo, for doing this. Um, I also wanted to comment on our primary purpose is to carry the message. Um, and uh, it's amazing to me how many people that I hear call me and say, well, I'm not supposed to call the newcomer or somebody struggling because it might hurt my program. And, uh, or my sponsor tells me, you know, I can't sponsor anybody until I have six months a year, whatever, you know. And, and I think it's individual, of course, for each person, but to have that as a flat rule, our primary purpose is to give it away. If I can't give it away, I can't keep it. You know, I have to continually to do service so that I can keep my abstinence one more day. You know, and what I do today in service doesn't carry over for tomorrow. It doesn't see through. If I make 10 phone calls today, doesn't mean I don't have to make my three phone calls tomorrow. You know, I have to do it every day and because I have to carry the message. And so when I make phone calls, it's a selfish thing. You know, it's so that I can stay abstinent one more day. Now, does it help the other people around me? Hopefully, you know, hopefully it does. But that's not my, you know, my primary purpose is to carry the message, not not to carry the person. And, you know, it says, um, you know, uh, personal recovery depends upon, also depends upon OERA unity. And you were commenting on, on, on that, is that, you know, how do we how do we become you know unified and and together and and you know and and still be able to to, to stay abstinent and and sober and that that's called our group conscience and our group conscience leads us you know we're we're led by uh, an ultimate authority God so that you know that we don't all just try to to, to run the show and if if uh, if I'm on the opposing side of a vote you know the vote is the vote and I have to go with that. And no matter whether I was opposed to it or not, that, that's what I have to do in order to keep unity because I have to keep unity in order for my personal recovery to stay intact. So it, it, these rules were made, these men, it, it was definitely divine empowered, you know, because it, 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 it's just too perfect. It's too put together in such a way that it, it, it works because one uh, alcoholic was sharing to another alcoholic, why can't doctors cure us? Because it's, they're not there. 
we, 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 they don't relate to what we really are going through. It's one person, one addict sharing with another addict. That's why this works, because we have God and because we have uh, sharing with each other and willingness and self-love and all the things that go along with that. But anyway, I just really wanted to, to, to comment on that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on that paragraph? Okay, then we're going to move on to our next reader, Esther, please. The last paragraph in the forward to the first edition. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful to such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, this list, these last lines which wrap up the forward to the first edition um, remind me that they, they and, and we so much want to carry the message. We, we want to hear from those people who've done what we did and got what we got. Um, we're here to be helpful. We're here to spread the message. We really want that everyone out there who's suffering like we've suffered to have what we have. And so this is what the, these last two few lines show us, that um, we're here to be helpful, and they, they welcome you know, inquiries by anybody. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Esther. Anyone else on what was read? Jump in. The water's warm. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, this would be Paula. Paula and then Janice, please. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. How could we not jump in here? I keep seeing that word helpful, helpful, helpful. And then, you know, when we look at Mr. Webster, and it says, what is to help? To lend strength, a means toward effecting a purpose, to aid, to relieve, to remind me, to prevent, to avoid, to lend aid. There it is. That was what was given to them, and that's what they pass on. And I just, when I read that word, it just grew. It just grew. And I kept thinking, that's what it did. Each time they were helpful, what happened? They helped another, they helped another, they helped another. They remembered their purpose. They didn't forget nor should we. Thank you for allowing me to share, and with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Janice. Thank you, Leah. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book. Thank you. Yes, thank you, God, those who are actually getting sober and staying sober, but particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. You know, they're setting the stage here, setting the foundation of what is to become this most beautiful program based on sharing, based on sharing what we have been given. And you and I are doing that same thing. You know, we are interested, yes, they say, in those who are able to take this book and get sober. But we particularly want to hear from those people trying to carry the message. And we want to be helpful to those people trying to carry the message. Because that's how this thing came about and how it continues to work today, all these many years later. You know, we've been hearing here as people have been sharing, I can't keep this thing unless I'm willing to give it away. 
and in giving it away, I get back tenfold, tenfold. It is so wonderful. And then to be open to inquiries by all those people out there, scientific, medical, religious societies, because they can be helpful to us too. They can be helpful by getting the word out that there is this place that those who suffer can go and find help. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, this is Lois. May I share? Of course. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, I just I just can't get over the miracle of um, right from the very beginning. You know the, the the spirituality that's jumping out at me at 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 um, at me this morning from the, this just this simple reading. Right from the beginning, we've been shown and taught and, and asked to you know, to forget ourselves and to think of others, to, to give away. And you mentioned uh, with such clarity, Leah, which I'm very grateful, the clarity about the circle of love, you know. And, and it's truly a miracle to me, and it's a prime example of how, you know, we were freely given and, and so we freely give. And, and for me, that's, that's like a, a daily affirmation. And I'm very grateful to be really studying the... Uh, the words right from the very beginning, and and to be wanting to listen to these, you know, I've been in programs for quite a while, and you know, as a, as a unrecovered, as a sick, <laughs> a compulsive overeater, you know, I used to avoid, you know, listening to these things. I was just into myself, and I wanted a quick answer. I wanted to know how to stop eating, and that was it. And of course, so that you know the. Um, it didn't work for me. Uh, I had to uh, precisely follow these directions. And it took me a long time to be able to follow these directions precisely. And the best and only thing I did right was to uh, ask God for help and to keep on coming. So I thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. Anyone else? This is Christy. Christy, please go ahead. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Christy, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I love this sentence, inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. And from my experience, you know, as someone who, when I first came into the rooms, weighed 340 pounds, I was as baffled as my doctor with my condition. You know, we tried to throw a lot of different things, and over the years, you know, suffering from my compulsive overeating, tried to throw a lot of different solutions at my problem. And it wasn't until I truly understood the nature of my problem that I was able to find the solution that's outlined in the big book. Because it's one thing just to go on some kind of a diet and address the physical component of my disease. Yes, I absolutely had to do that. But I also had to apply what's outlined in the big book to address the mental condition that I also suffered from. And so, you know, I've had two primary care physicians in my, um, you know, over decade of being abstinent without exception one day at a time. I've been maintaining the same weight for nine and a half years. I'm at a healthy maintenance weight. I'm at a healthy maintenance weight. And, you know, my doctor, every time I go in, every time I go in for my annual physical, my doctor has been astounded, astounded by the fact that I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. 
And, um, you know, they tell me every time I go in, countless stories about their patients that are suffering from all sorts of diseases, you know, compulsive overeating, um, you know, unfortunately is epidemic in this country. And so they're astounded by what I've done. They're astounded that by, you know, um, you know, I haven't had surgery. I've, I've just followed what's been outlined in the big book, and it has helped me recover. And um, I pass that message along to them. I give them my phone number. Um, I, I let them know how I've recovered just in case they come, along, come across patients that maybe suffer from the same thing I suffered from. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that I can do that. And, you know, the other thing that they are struck by is that when they give me instructions that I follow them. And why do I do that? Because I've learned how to do that by following the instructions in the big book. So they say, here's what I need you to do, and I'm going to tell you to do this because I know you will. So um, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to pass that along to um, other communities, that I can pass my recovery on to other communities. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Christy. This is Leah, a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book. You know, you can't get away from it. You cannot get away from it. They keep talking about results, that we should have an experience, that this book is designed to bring about an experience. To bring about an experience. More than just the simple elimination of binge foods. The secret of these 12 steps is that yes, 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 Indeed, it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in character and personality and values. Results, wholeness, soundness of mind, restoration, restored to sanity, a reordered life, a renewed life, a new life, not just a piece of a life, not just a part of a new life, a whole new life, a new happiness. Results. Remember, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. The big book, through these precise directions, this is not a book of theory. It's not a book of philosophy. This is clear, step-by-step approach for recovery. This big book, the aim, the goal, the objective is recovered. To be recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And the world witnessed that. Men and women, alcoholics, who were thought of as hopeless, sinners, people who were locked up never to see the light of day. They became sober. They stayed sober. Their families became reunited. They were beginning to contribute to their neighborhoods, to their communities, to their towns, to the place of worship, to the schools, to their places of employment to society at large. The world witnessed that. That's why AA grew by leaps and bounds. It says here, inquiry by scientific, scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. It will be welcomed. Bring it on, because you know why? We're experts in our field. Those of us who have had a spiritual awakening are charged with a responsibility. The big book tells us so. We have recovered and given a power to help others. So we have a responsibility, we have an obligation, we have a duty, and that is to carry this message. And this is not glorification of self. 
This is not about personal success. This is about what happens to a life when you cooperate with the grace of God. This is what happens to a life when you allow God to revolutionize your life. And so inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies are welcome because, let's face it, the men of medicine, even the movers and shakers of medicine, stood powerless by the bedside of their alcoholic patients. Powerless. The medical field, powerless. The religious societies, although uh, they wanted to contribute and help these men and women be restored to some kind of normalcy, stood powerless. They acknowledged their inadequacy. However, when they saw these men and women recover through two principal reasons once again, A, they recovered, they got sober, and they stayed sober, and B, their families recovered. reunited, the world took notice. The world took notice. And if you take a few moments in your own private time, perhaps you can go to the back of your big book and read some of the letters from the scientific, medical, and religious societies praising the work of AA. Praising the work and realizing that we are all obedient and bowing to a power greater than ourselves that has restored us to sanity. With that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on that last paragraph? Okay. Then we will begin to close the meeting at this point. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close the meeting from the reading of the big book on page 164 and then followed by the serenity prayer. Rick, could you please read from page 164, please? My name is Rick. I'm a compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.